Yeah, I think we're on. Okay, good. Well, again, good morning, everyone. Good morning. It's great to see you. Sorry to end your, I'm sure, very interesting conversations. And um, we're going to look at God's Word together now. So if, if you've got a Bible, could you turn to Matthew chapter 1? There's a couple of Bibles on the side as well, if you need one. Matthew chapter 1, 18 to 24. We're looking at the Christmas story. You'll be surprised to know. And um, let me pray as I begin. Lord Jesus, we thank you for coming, for being present now. Thank you, Jesus, you are present with us. Would you speak to us today? Would you encourage us? Would you speak into our lives? We need to hear your voice, Lord. We we need your encouragement. We know we need to change, Lord. We know we need to grow. And we we, we need to feel feel and sense your love again. Would you come and speak and encourage us in Jesus' name? Amen. Amen. So Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 to 24. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, He had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife. What is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son. You are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the prophets had said, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son. They will call him Emmanuel. Say Emmanuel. Emmanuel. Which means God with us. Joseph woke, when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son. He gave him the name Jesus. In our reading today, and over, well, we we had, uh, I hope you enjoyed our, did you enjoy our carol service last week? It was so good, wasn't it? Thank you for coming, and thanks to all those who worked so hard and pushed through their colds and things to serve us so well. But in that uh, message, I spoke about Jesus, Jesus, the name of Jesus. And you notice there's three names given to Jesus in this reading. And we're looking at these three names. Last week, we looked at Jesus, which means God saves. This week, we're looking at Emmanuel, which means God with us. Next week, we're going to be looking at um, Messiah, He is the Messiah or the Christ, which means anointed one or anointed king. And Philmash is going to be explaining more about that next week. 
But we've got this prophecy from Isaiah, 700 years before Jesus' birth. It was promised in Isaiah 7:14. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive, give birth to a son. You will call him Emmanuel or Emmanuel. You can spell it either way with an I or an E. Emmanuel, God with us. God with us, firstly, in the past. In the past, God was with us. What do I mean by that? I mean the the history of Jesus, his coming into the world. He was God with us for those 33 years, being born in Bethlehem, doing his ministry in Israel. God was with us in the flesh for 33 years. He was around 33 years. He, what we call the incarnation. Say incarnation for me, will you? Incarnation. And that comes from the Latin words in, you'd be surprised to know, and carnis, which means flesh. In flesh. God in flesh. The eternal God who created the world took on flesh became a true man, the incarnation, what we call the hypostatic union, the union of God and humanity joined together in one. Just like you are spirit and body, two fundamental elements, spirit, which is non-atomic, and body, which is made up of elements, you are two beings in one. So Jesus was God and mankind, humankind. He was a man. The hypostatic union. Jesus was a true human being, just like you. He was born of the Virgin Mary. She, she, she was born of him, of her, in a miraculous fashion. He was of the line of David. It's one of those promises in the Bible. He's going to come of the line of David. In other words, of the family line of David. She and Joseph were both in the family line of, of David. But she, obviously, was actually involved in the conception she gave birth to him. She, he was born of her. A true human being, just like you. Getting tired, being tempted in every way, just as you are. Assaulted by dark forces, just like you are. But on a far greater level, he empathizes, empathizes, I don't know how you say, empathizes with you, every emotion, every dark thought, every he has experienced them, but was without sin. He never failed. Temptation is not sin. Temptation is temptation. He suffered temptation. In the Garden of Gethsemane, he, he stood before the cross and he, he wept. And it says his tears were like as though t- uh, drops of blood before Lazarus' tomb. 
He wept because death had visited his friend. He knows the highs and lows. He is mankind, just like you. He understands what it's like to be you. When you talk to God, he understands what it's like to be a human being, not in the way that he knows everything, but in the way that of experience. He came to the earth. He has suffered. He's walked with the poor. He knows what it's like to be you. So let, let the comfort of God, let the comfort of God enter into your heart. He knows you. He knows what it's like to be you. And he accepts you if you've accepted him, that is. He's a true human being, but he's also truly God. Truly God in one person. This, this absolute mystery and miracle, the God-man, Jesus Christ. It talks about in our reading, before they came together, before they had had sex, before they had consummated their marriage, she was a virgin, but she was pregnant through the Holy Spirit. It says, what is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit, is of God. How will this be, Mary asks, since I am a virgin? The angel says, the Holy Spirit, it will be through the power of the Most High. That's how Jesus was born. As because he was born of God, you see, every one of us inherits sin. Adam's sin at the beginning is passed down generation to generation. Every one of us sins. We've all got a proclivity. We've got a family likeness. Whatever family you come from, you'll have a family likeness. Well, you come from the family line of Adam, every one of us. We are the human race. We come from the family line of, De of, of Adam. Therefore, the, the sin of Adam and Eve has been inherited by us. That's why we find it easy to be greedy and hateful and racist, ageist, greed, you know, selfish. We find it easy. It comes easy to us, doesn't it? You have to go to school. Today at school, we're going to be doing the, the lesson in selfishness. Just wanna, let's, let's write some stuff on the board. Selfishness, firstly. And then teach this. I want you to go home and revise selfishness. No, selfishness comes very easy to us. We know also, though, don't we, that we should love. We know we should be selfless. We know we should be less selfish. We know we should serve. We know we should love. We know those things also. But we've inherited sin. Unlike us, Jesus inherit, did not inherit sin. He was sinless because he was conceived of the Holy Spirit. Miraculously, and you can study it, it's, it's, it's not really understood how it could be the case. But somehow, because Jesus was conceived of the Holy Spirit, sin was not passed on to him. Therefore, he was not a sinner. And you'd be pleased to know, because he was not a sinner, he could die for us as a perfect sacrifice on the cross. He took our sin upon himself. The sinless one dying for sinners to take the wrongs we had done. Jesus was fully God without sin, born of the Holy Spirit. 
He had the attri- all the attributes of God. He was almighty. He was all-knowing. He, his healings, what he did in his, in his body, were divinity at work. When he raised Lazarus from the dead, Lazarus, rise up. That was the voice of God speaking to death. And Lazarus, of course, has to respond because God is speaking. Now, Jesus at times acts out of his humanity and sometimes he acts out of his divinity. So, for example, when Jesus is tired, is he acting out of his divinity or his humanity? Well, if God gets tired, we're in trouble, right? God does not get tired. Jesus, tired, thirsty, sat down by the well, speaking to the Samaritan woman. He, at that point, is acting out of his humanity. When he says to her, uh, woman, um, give me a drink, that you have had seven husbands and the person you're with now is not your husband, and she is amazed, he's acting out of his deity. When Jesus says, for example, um, the Son of Man does not know when he's coming again, only the Father knows this, he's acting out of his humanity. And when does he act out of his humanity? So when he speaks to the wind and the waves, be still, when they're on the water, that is God speaking. He's acting out of his deity. Now, when does he act out of his humanity? And when does he act out of his deity? Well, when he was on the earth, that was about submission to the Father. He submitted himself to the Father's will in everything. And somehow he could walk with both of these natures acting at different times, as you can see in the life of Christ. So he was man and God. The Chalcedonian Creed in 451 AD puts it like this. In all things like us, this is paraphrased by the way and put into slightly more modern English. In all things like us, but without sin. Born of the Virgin Mary, Mother of God, according to his humanity, he has two unmixed natures, man and God. He is one person, even with two natures. The properties of mankind being fully preserved, the properties of deity being fully preserved. It's a miracle, a mystery, but this is Emmanuel. He is Emmanuel, God with us in the past, God in the flesh, in the world, 2,000 years ago, coming to live amongst us for about 33 years. The words we sang this morning, God of God, light of light, lower bores not the virgin's womb, very God, begotten not created. This is the history of the coming of Jesus Christ into this world. Fully man, fully divine. In the manger, this one that we see behind us now, this is not the original. This is, believe it, it's not the original. I know it looks like the original, but it's not. Um, God and baby at the same time. As I said to you earlier, the virgin will conceive, give birth to a son, 
They will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Jesus shows us what God is like. When you read of the accounts of Jesus' life, you see what God is like. Jesus was God teaching us. So when we read the teaching of Jesus, we're reading the teachings of God. So we must pay attention. Jesus was God coming into the world. Ultimately, he was going to die for us, wasn't he? Now, the death on the cross was Jesus acting out of his deity or humanity. Be bold, what do you think? Both? Let me put it this way, right? God, can God die? No. God cannot die. He's acting out of his humanity. His flesh died. His body died. Jesus, the man, died. He's acting out of his humanity on the cross. And that's why the incarnation happened. So that he could take on our likeness and could die for us so that in so doing, free you and me from the guilt of sin and restore us to God. Hallelujah. But don't we know that Jesus has gone into heaven? We read in Luke 24, when he had led them to the vicinity of Bethany, he lifted up his hands and blessed them. While he was blessing them, he left them. The man Jesus left them, was taken up into heaven. They worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And my second point is this. Emmanuel wasn't just God present in the past. Emmanuel is God present with us in the present. Jesus has ascended into heaven but he is with us by the Spirit. As God, in, as deity, you see the flesh of Jesus Christ is not here. The manhood of Jesus Christ is not on the earth. The manhood of Jesus Christ is in heaven. But the presence of Jesus as omnipotent, as omnipresent, as by the Spirit, Jesus is here with us. This is the mystery, isn't it? of the double nature of Christ. So Wayne Grudem says this, when we are talking about Jesus' humanity, human nature, we are saying that he ascended to heaven and is no longer in the world. But with respect to his divine nature, we can say that Jesus is everywhere present. This is why he says, where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I with them. And he can say, I am always with you, always to the very end of the age and he'd be with us tonight at the prayer meeting and I'd love to see you there as well and we can meet with Christ there and pray together he remains with us by the spirit and receiving the forgiveness of sins through faith in the historical account of Jesus death and resurrection by believing that account God Jesus then comes and takes up residence in you by the Spirit. For him to be Emmanuel with you now, you've got to believe in him, Emmanuel, then. You've got to believe that he died for you then, for you to be able to have him now in your life. 
And that's an invitation to everyone, and it's also a reminder to every one of us that he is present with us. And we should be very mindful of this, shouldn't we, in our lives. And we can all be forgetful of the presence of God, can't we? We can be forgetful of his love, particularly when it's dark and cold. And there are trials and sufferings and difficulties that we are putting up with around us. We can forget the benefits of God present to whom we can pray to and receive comfort from. He remains with us by the Spirit. Jesus said this in John 14. If you love me, you will keep my commands. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and to be with you forever. The Spirit of truth. So you see that promise there. If you love Jesus, if you love Emmanuel then he will give the Spirit to come and live in you, to help you, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives in with you and will be in you. But then mysteriously, he says, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Now, I don't think he's talking about the resurrection there. I think he's talking about see me spiritually, as in filling you, being in your life. Because I live, you also will live. Talking about new life. On that day, you will realize I am in my Father. You are in me. I am in you. Emmanuel, I am in you. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. He who loves me will be loved by my Father. I too will love them and show myself to them. If you love Emmanuel, if you love Jesus, if you love him, if you've put your faith in him, if you want to serve him, if you want to know him, he promises to come and dwell in you by the Spirit. I will not leave you as orphans. He has not left you as orphans if you've received him. Let the comfort of that fill you today. This is the promise of God. And may my words be like God. May, may the Holy Spirit use those words to bring comfort to you today. He's Emmanuel, God with us in the past. Emmanuel, God with us, presence by the Spirit. But he's also Emmanuel, and this is the greatest promise, really, is future. His filling, his renewing all things. The promise of Isaiah, God with us, is not Christmas only. It's not this new era of the Spirit only. The promise of Isaiah is eternity with the universe and the earth filled with the glory of God. Emmanuel truly being here in such a glorious fashion as the sun when it shines fills the sky with its light. That is a picture of the glory of Christ that's going to fill all things for eternity and you will be there if you have received Emmanuel, Jesus Christ. That's the greater promise. 
1 Corinthians 13 says, Now we see only a reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part. Then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. Our experience of God with us now is only a deposit and a taste of that future glory. Just as the sunlight today is a deposit of the sun in midsummer, so the glory of Jesus that you are experiencing now is a taste, a deposit of that greater glory, knowing him fully, even as you are fully known. And may that hope fill you if you are in despair, if you are in darkness, if you are thinking life is just pointless, look beyond the horizon and remember what Jesus is going to fulfill. Not only will you go to him when you die and you can know him now, but gonna, the whole universe is going to be renewed, which sounds glorious and, and sounds massive, but God is God. He's Emmanuel. He can do these things. And this is what Isaiah says in, sim, not Isaiah, sorry, Revelation says in very symbolic language. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. And there was no longer any sea, and sea stands for turbulence and tribulation. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven. That stands for the people of God. Coming down from heaven, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people and he will dwell with them. Now you could say, but I thought God's dwelling was already amongst us. Yes, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Yes, Jesus does fill you now. But that's only a foretaste of the greater glory that is to come. Now, at that time, when Jesus comes again, the dwelling of God will be amongst us in such a glorious, amazing way. Emmanuel. They will be his people, it goes on. God himself will be with them. Be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death, no more mourning, or crying, or pain. For the old order of things has passed away. He, has, he who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. The kingdom is coming in its fullness. Emmanuel, God with us in the past, with us now, but coming in greater glory in the future. Do you call Jesus Emmanuel? Could the band come up? We're going to worship together now. Do you call Jesus Emmanuel? It says they will call him Emmanuel. Now, Susie, when we began, talked about the shepherds going to worship Jesus. She talked about the Magi coming from the east, coming to worship Jesus. And they, these, these, um, these groups stand for the different types of people that there are. The shepherds are poor. The shepherds are despised in that culture. They were the poor. The, 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 the Magi are different race, from a different race, aren't they? They're from a different nation. 
and they are the intelligent, the wise. So you've got the poor, you've got the wealthy, you've got different races coming to worship Jesus, calling him Emmanuel. They will. Do you? Do I? Do we call him Emmanuel? Let's look back at Christmas. Let's endeavour to make space to remember what this season is about. I've got nothing against some of the more popular ways of celebrating Christmas. I think there are some fun things. There's some fun music you can listen to. I've got nothing against food, some mulled wine, some jollity, a party. There's nothing wrong with these good things, enjoying family, friends. But Christmas is about Christ. Christmas is about Emmanuel. If we have children, let's ensure that we make space for Emmanuel in their minds. That we don't so excite them about other things. That we don't excite them about the coming of God into this world. Make that a central focus. Pull them aside and talk to them about the truth of Emmanuel. Let's all of us look back at this season and remember the incarnate God. Let's endeavour to walk with God in the light of his presence at this time. However difficult things are, lift up the shield of faith to those waves and remember yes Jesus be with me you are with me help me please change this circumstance be thankful be prayerful walk in the spirit ask him to fill you when you are miserable and feeling like ah just life is ah, pointless and miserable lift up your voice come let us adore him worship him worship you, I remember you, Jesus. Come and fill me again. Fight the fight of faith to remember God is with you. Let's look ahead to what is coming. The healing of creation when Jesus comes again. All that we saw in the life of Jesus and in the ongoing ministry of the church as Jesus and the church brought healing and love and light to people that will be experienced in its fullness as creation and you and all of that, all those who have received Emmanuel will live with him forever let's worship you